Okay, cook. Underestimated and still I made it In the book of hard knocks, I'm highly educated Nobody told me, looked over, but still dedicated Played in the league for 13, I ain't gotta be favored Two Super Bowls, Honolulu, I stood with the greatest The thing is this, if never rich, I'm good with my neighbors DB Precision, television, ain't ask for no favors Numbers don't lie, neither do pictures, just look in the papers No backing down or turning back, part two of the movie Never the biggest, but it takes more than two just to move me Ain't gotta lie like what I'm saying, just respect it, it's honest Run through opponents, watch the film, it's effective, I promise Sit back and grab your popcorn, watch me go to work And tackle all of these topics right here on Face First uh. Alright, welcome to Face First, I'm excited about this episode um, I thought about it when I was standing in line at Disney World And I thought about, I saw these jerseys and it was a, somebody had a Cam Newton jersey And then somebody walked up with a Tim Tebow jersey and it was Auburn in Florida because you go to these places like Disney World and people come from Gainesville or people come from Auburn, Alabama, and they have these favorite teams. And obviously, these are their favorite players. And it made me think about Cam Newton and Tim Tebow, where they are now and where they came from. Cam Newton and Tim Tebow are the greatest of heroes and villains, right? These are two dudes that are linked together in, in greatness and in infamy, right? Polarizing, unique, excellent at times. And then sometimes actually really terrible. And then there are people who love them. And then there are others who just love to hate them. And so I kind of started to just dive into their history and who these dudes have been and now are. And you think about where this all starts. Like these two dudes were on the same team at Florida. And also think about that team at Florida that Tim Tebow was on and Percy Harvin and Aaron Hernandez and the Pouncey brothers, just how talented Florida was at the time. But you got to go back before that to 2005, 2006 and the Tim Tebow rule, right? Tim Tebow was homeschooled. He was homeschooled and he lived on a form and every day started with form work, right? It, did, it didn't start with first period homeroom and you didn't get the channel one announcements like I got at Arch Archbishop Shaw, which I loved, by the way. I wanted to be on the Channel One announcements. I never made it. And he would start reform work. And then his first class every day was Bible. And so his, his dad was there and his dad was teaching him because he said he wanted, they wanted them to feel love, right? They, they wanted them to understand God's love, but also to learn. And Tim Tebow is a huge advocate for, for homeschooled kids and Robert Tebow is his father and that was important to them. But the Tim Tebow rule, which allowed him to play at Nice High School, was something that was big, right? It was something that was groundbreaking. It was something that was trend setting. And so now Tim Tebow had to go in and earn a locker room. And you know it, be honest, all of us that went to public schools or even went to private schools or went to school schools, we thought homeschool kids were weird because you got schooled at home. And you felt like they missed out on some of the socializing and some of the cues that you get and you learn from being around other folks all the time. But Tim Tebow could play baseball. He could play football. And y'all know how it goes, bro. That's how you get accepted. If you do this thing that we love and enjoy really, really well, then we accept you. And so in 2006, Tim Tebow is a big time high school player at Nice High School. He's recruited 
by Florida. He's recruited by Alabama. He ends up being a Florida Gator. He goes there. Chris Leak is the quarterback. He becomes this gadget quarterback, and they win the natty because they were that dang good. And so at the same time, at Westlake High School, Cam Newton is starting his junior year. Right, Cam Newton didn't start until his junior year. Grew three inches over that summer. The year before, he got to play because the quarterback gets hurt, and his brother, Cecil Jr., was the center. And so Cecil Jr. and Cam, like, fumble a ball late in the game. The other team scores. But over that summer, Cam gains 15 pounds, grows three inches, and he starts to become Superman. And so you got Superman in high school right now, and then Tebow time, taking time from Chris Leak, who I thought threw one of the prettiest balls in college football. And so Tebow mania starts. And so then you go to the next year. Now Cam Newton's at Florida. Tim Tebow is on his way to winning the Heisman Trophy. And the team wasn't great. They were good. But Tim Tebow was. Tim Tebow was setting Russian touchdown records. Tim Tebow was throwing at an efficiency that was as high as anybody in college football. And he was leading. And then leading in a way that showed how much he loved Christ. Leading in a way that shows how much he loved football. Right? And if you are, if you are a good old American boy who loves America, who loves this country, who loves God, who loves football, how can you not love Tim Tebow? Hell, I love Tim Tebow. I can look back at what Tim Tebow was at Florida and say Tim Tebow is one of the greatest football players to ever play college football. Period. One of the greatest careers that we've ever seen at the college level. And you can't argue with that. And so Tim Tebow wins the Heisman Trophy. Cam Newton is his backup. And so now we move to 2008 and Cam Newton is kicked out. Cam Newton steals the computer, has to go to di you know, the, the, the diversion program so all the charges can be dropped. Cam Newton is not in school in 2008. But in 2008, we got something from Tebow that to me was more important than him winning the Heisman. We got the I promise speech. Y'all remember the I promise speech? That I promise some good will come from this. Oh, miss. Right? Fourth and short. Tim Tebow runs the ball up the middle. He gets stopped. After the game, it's the post-game press conference. He said, I promise some good gonna come from this. Ain't nobody gonna work like I work. Ain't nobody gonna push his teammates like I'm gonna push his teammates. God bless. Y'all remember that? Because I remember it. I remember spiked hair, no beard, Tim Tebow, before the keto diet, still with the baby fat, not just aspiring the Florida Gators on to a national championship as they go and they beat Alabama, who was number one at the time in the SEC championship, and then they beat the Oklahoma Sooners. Win another natty. Now he's a two-time national champion to add to being a Heisman champion or a Heisman winner. That's what 2008 was like for Tim Tebow. It wasn't like that for Cam Newton. This is where the Cam Newton infamy starts before we get the Cam Newton greatness or the Cam Newton being famous, the Cam Newton Heisman in Auburn, right? Cam Newton enrolling at Blinn College, which was great for him. A place where you get a t-shirt, you get a pair of shorts, you get a pair of shoes, right? You wash your own jersey. The building that you take classes in is just the classroom building. It's made of brick. 
right? The, where you're playing, nobody cares but the folks in Texas who know about Blink College. But he goes there. He puts the time in. He wins a championship. He doesn't lose a game, right? He learns valuable lessons of humility, valuable lessons of consequences. And in doing that, now gets an opportunity to go to Auburn. And when he gets to Auburn, this ain't Florida, people. Ain't no Aaron, Aaron Hernandez's. Ain't no Pouncey Brothers. Ain't no uh, Percy Harvins. This is a 500 team without Cam Newton. This is a team that is down in Tuscaloosa that can't come back without Cam Newton. This is a team that's facing Oregon in the national championship that can't win without Cam Newton. Cam Newton was different because we saw Michael Vick and we remember Michael Vick, right? But, but Cam Newton was 6'5", 6'6", 225, 230 pounds, could, out, could, could run away from guys like Patrick Peterson, right? After he makes cuts on, 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 on defenders from LSU. Could throw the football to wide receivers we never heard of again because he was accurate enough downfield. Because of the way that he could run the football, you did have to give him one-on-one -on -one coverage. Cam Newton was Superman at Auburn. Cam Newton's statue belongs out there with Bo Jackson's because he was that type of transcendent, different talent at the quarterback position. But still on the other side, we can't forget what Tebow was then. And so while Cam Newton is winning, is winning a Heisman, Tim Tebow is, is going through the process of people trying to figure out, can he be an NFL quarterback? Because in all honesty, he can't freaking throw. He can't throw. So he changes his mechanics, right, while he's doing the pre-draft prep, and he has a pretty good pro day. But even then, no one is expecting Tim Tebow to be a first-round pick at the quarterback position. Josh McDaniels, who we all know and love, who had worked with Tom Brady, who is now the Denver Broncos head coach, bets his career as a head coach in Denver on getting Tim Tebow. Everybody said, no, don't do it. And as much as we talk about some of these other athletes, the Lamar Jacksons and, you know, some of these other guys who play the quarterback positions and many times African-American analysts or black analysts or minority analysts or analysts in general talk about how when you look at a guy like that, they only make that decision to ask him to work out or do different things because they're black. But they asked him, Tebow. Let's be fair. They asked him, Tebow, and they should have asked him. They should have asked him because he couldn't throw. He just couldn't. And so now Tim Tebow is drafted 25th overall. Tim Tebow is in Denver. And some of those same things that we saw, we see again. And now you move to the next year where you get Cam Newton drafted number one overall. And he should have been. But do you remember the process? Because it wasn't the process or not whether or not Cam Newton was a transcendent tandem. I think like Blaine Gabbert was the other guy. And like there were questions on whether or not you should draft Cam Newton or Blaine Gabbert. That's the stupidest thing or one of the stupidest conversations we've ever had coming into a draft. Because everybody knew it should have been Cam Newton. But you get the anonymous scouts or the anonymous evaluators. We don't like his smile. Shut the hell up. We don't like his smile. Do you care about other people's smile or is it just Cam Newton's smile? Right? Because you hear, because you, you go back to 
the, to, to Cecil, the, the pay for the play. That's his father. Pay for play. Cam Newton has to sit out a day, but then he's reinstated because they find out he hasn't done anything. People who still holding on to the computer scam because it's Cam Newton. Because it's something, it's a lot of things that we aren't familiar with, that we aren't used to at the quarterback position. It doesn't look the right way, doesn't feel the right way, doesn't sound the right way. So something has to be wrong. Let's figure out what's wrong and figure out why he shouldn't be number one overall. But the Carolina Panthers still take him. And he doesn't just have like an okay year. He has an amazing year. Over 4,000 yards passing, breaking Peyton Manning's passing record as a rookie for yardage. Rookie of the year, 21 tubs. I think he rushed for like 14 tubs. Uh, he did have 17 interceptions, and you got to fix that. But we see that all the time for young quarterbacks. It's a, it's, it's, it's a process, right? It's, it's, it steps up. But him and Steve Smith from the first day against the Arizona Cardinals were rolling. But then we start to see Tebow time, too, in Denver. Late game heroics, right? Excitement. Finishing. So you move on to those playoffs. You know, sometimes this stuff kind of touches me. That's the playoff game in Denver. If anybody knows anything about my career, anything about my life, I couldn't play in Denver at the time. Had a great year. It's actually the year I got an opportunity to play in the Pro Bowl, but I don't get to play. Adam Gates, who worked with me at LSU, is now the head coach of Denver, texts me before the game and says, Tim Tebow would like to meet you. We've watched film together. I told him how great you were uh, as a person. Tim wants to meet you. I walk over, I meet Tim Tebow, great guy. Not a good guy, great guy to meet. Awesome personality, awesome charisma, polite. Dude you cheer for, dude you root for. The reason other people root for him, I like him too. Did he, was he Cam Newton that year? Hell no. Was he Cam Newton ever? Hell no. But I enjoyed meeting him and he had a freaking day. I sat on the sideline as we figured out how to stop zone read, zone option. I sat on the sideline as we started to make different calls, and I remember the play. First down, overtime. Ryan Monday rolls down into the rolls down into the box. We're supposed to be in zero, or we're supposed to have some help there. Roll underneath. Ike goes zero. Inside slant goes 80 yards. I'm walking off the field, and I remember this dude wanted to meet me before the game. I should probably go over and congratulate him because he had a day. Can't say he had a hell of a day because it's freaking Tim Tebow, but he had a heaven of a day that day. And he deserved for me to stay my old tail, can't play in Denver tail out there, shake his hand and say, man, congratulations, you played a great game. And he did. And so what's his, what's his gift for that? What did they give Tim Tebow for beating the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs? They gave him Peyton Manning. <laughs> That's what they did. You want to talk about divine intervention? That's divine intervention for John Elway and the Denver Broncos. Peyton Manning is injured. Andrew Luck is the next best thing since Peyton Manning, since John Elway. They get the first pick of the draft. They're going to draft Andrew, Andrew Luck in Indianapolis. Peyton Manning is gone. He goes to Denver. They get a Super Bowl. Tim Tebow is shipped to New York because it's redundant to have him there. And so now Cam Newton is going through the ups and downs of the league when we see Tim Tebow traded to the New York Jets. Right? Cam Newton is getting, is getting letters or, or getting told that, you know what? we rather let our daughter watch the cheerleaders than see you dance around. And I remember people thinking that was racist. I didn't think it was racist. I just thought it was cultural. Because people, where I'm from, we grow up dancing. We enjoy hip-hop. 
right? We have, you have that charisma. You have that flair. You might wear pink one day. You might wear brown. You might match it up. Your pants might be a little too short on purpose, or you might wear this hat. You might tie a scarf around it. That's who Cam Newton was. And that junk makes sense to us. It makes sense to me. There are little dudes who, who, who never thought they could play quarterback because they might be a certain height or maybe fast and they always put them at receiver, put them at safety. Now you can play quarterback because Cam Newton plays quarterback. He plays it how you would play quarterback. He celebrates how you would celebrate. That feels good to you. So you say, you know what? I want to be like Cam. But still, there's those people who want to be like Tim Tebow. There's that grit. There's that grime. And oh, big Tim Tebow wasn't all flowers. People looked at it and saw that throwing motion, saw the ball skip off the ground, saw the way that your team had to call plays, and they didn't like that neither. They didn't think that was great either. That's why he was in New York. They knew they couldn't win that way. You go to New York and you basically ruin Mark Sanchez because Mark Sanchez, who had been to two AFC championships but still had, didn't really have solid footing, didn't have the type of career Tim Tebow had at USC, had his own coach at USC say he should stay, he isn't ready. Now you bring a dude that's more popular, right? Remember, the, the, the biggest thing that happened at Jets camp that year was Tim Tebow running in the, in, in the rain and shaking his head and doing this. Ooh, Tim Tebow, let's take a picture of it because that's who people came to see. The first game that year for the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, the first game that year was in Denver, so I couldn't play. Right, that's in 12, right? Couldn't play. Uh, the, uh, or 11. So the, 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 the next game, I said 12, I'm sorry. So the next game, though, was in Pittsburgh against the Jets, right? So in Pittsburgh, we're, we're playing against the Jets. Tim Tebow's the gadget guy. We, pre we prepare for it kind of all week, and he gets in the game, and we realize that you can't be a gadget guy without elite athleticism. Tim Tebow didn't have elite athleticism. Tim Tebow needed 60 plays to beat Tim Tebow. He couldn't be lightning in a bottle. He couldn't be, as soon as I come out here, I give it to you. So eventually, we watched Tim Tebow play. Eventually, we watched Tim Tebow go out there and kind of just mosey around and play tight end. Play H-back. That wasn't good. That didn't work. And so now we finally see him go out of the league in Philly. And we see Cam Newton ascending to the 2015 Cam Newton that wins the MVP. The 2015 Cam Newton that learned to get the towel out of his face. 2015 Cam Newton that until the Super Bowl was flawless. Until the ball was fumbling, he didn't jump on it. Now we question your character again, Cam. How bad do you want to win? Forget the 35 touchdowns passing. Forget the passing efficiency and completion percentage near 60. Forget the 10 touchdowns rushing, running over people, taking a physical beating. Now all we see is you won't dive on the ball. Now all we see is you can't finish a post-game interview because Chris Harris is on the other side talking about your deficiencies, talking about your inefficiencies, talking about your lack of ability to have success in the Super Bowl, you can't take it so you walk off and you give them something else to say. And so now the play starts to dip. Now you aren't the same Cam Newton. Now the team isn't as good anymore. It's 2018 and you're back. You're 6-2. You're playing well. 
Your Thursday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Heinz Field. T.J. Watt comes free. You're throwing the football. Your shoulder's up. It goes. You continue to try to play, but you're never the same Cam Newton again. 2019 comes. You get injured. Now it's the offseason. It's 2020. You're figuring out how to have a team. Tim Tebow's living another dream of baseball. And I know. I know what we're going to say. Tim Tebow didn't play baseball in college. Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow wasn't a guy who we thought of as dual sport. He wasn't Kyler Murray, right? He wasn't Russell Wilson. How does Tim Tebow get this opportunity? Because he's freaking Tim Tebow. Because he's a star. And we can say all we want to say about it. This is what happens to popular people. This is what happens for famous people. As simple as not having to wait on reservations or not having to wait outside of a club. If you're popular and you're famous and people like you, you get more chances than other people. That's just life. We can't be pissed off because Tim Tebow takes advantage of that. And no, he ain't living the dream. I truly believe he wants to. He loves competition. He loves athletics. He loves the locker room, and he wants to be a part of that as much as he can. And as long as you give him a chance to be a part of that, he's going to do it. So when Cam Newton was looking for a team, Tim Tebow was playing baseball. And every now and then, we get a flash, and Tim Tebow would be okay. But we knew he wasn't better than real prospects. We knew Tim Tebow wasn't going to make it to the majors, wasn't going to stick on a roster, wasn't going to help you win a World Series. But early on, people came to see Tim Tebow. And if you're these teams, if you're these form systems, you want people to come see Tim Tebow the same way people came see Michael Jordan. Here's the difference. Michael Jordan made a decision to go play baseball because he was Michael Jordan. He had won three in a row. He lost his father. It was time to go do something else. He was burnt out. Football got burnt out of Tim Tebow. Football had no other uses for Tim Tebow. Couldn't play quarterback. Didn't really want to play tight end. When he tried to play it, he really wasn't very good at it. We don't have a use for you. At the same time, football didn't have a use for Cam Newton. 32 teams passed. And then they passed again. And they passed so much that it came down to the New England Patriots offering him a $1.1 million deal to play football for them. Right? Which you take because it's the New England Patriots and nobody else wants you. So we learned that 32 teams didn't want Tim Tebow. He goes to play baseball. 32 teams didn't want Cam Newton. So he has to settle on a one-year deal with the one team. So now it's 31 that wants him. What happens? Tim Tebow burns out of baseball. Cam Newton starts the year off hot, has COVID, doesn't come back as strong. The New England Patriots lose, become a 7-9 team, a below 800 team, while Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, who had just left them, wins the Super Bowl. And so here we are now. Cam Newton back on a one-year deal on a team with more weapons. But on the team that drafted Mac Jones from Alabama, who seems like the more Patriot-like quarterback. And here's Tim Tebow on a one-year deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars to play tight end, which we've seen him do and not really be good at. So let's think about this. 
Because here's the thing with Cam and Tim Tebow. They are the greatest of heroes and the greatest of villains. And in many points, it's just cultural. White America understands Tim Tebow. They understand loving your country. They understand loving your people. They understand loving your God. They understand loving your ball. They can also look at him and say, yes, he doesn't have the best of measurables, but he has the intangibles that allow you to make it in America, that allow you to make it in sports, that allow you to be the stories that we tell forever. He's their hero. For many people, they could see being like Tim Tebow. But it's the same for Cam Newton. Yes, he's flashy. Yes, he's emotional. He likes to dance. He likes to have a good time. That beautiful smile, the charisma, captivating, right? Dresses in a way that you may not always understand, but you know that it's unique and it's him. We relate to that. We understand that. That feels familiar. But these dudes are also the villains. The people who don't look like Tim Tebow, the people who don't get those opportunities, the people who don't get those chances. You look and say, why him? Why does he get it? He's not as talented as this dude. He's not as talented as that dude. Then the people on the other side of Cam Newton, well, he stole a computer. I don't like his smile. Do you remember that interview? He didn't jump on the ball. Guys like Paul Feinbaum, he's only done things for, for himself. Do you see his seven-on-seven leagues? Do you see his community service? Do you see him actually saving lives? But they still pick and they still try to find ways to make him the villain. So here's where we stand in 2020. Tim Tebow is on a one-year deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars because his friend gave him a job. And that's okay. You cannot like it. You can have an opinion that says he doesn't deserve it, but that's where he is. He shouldn't turn it down because people feel he no longer deserves it. Cam Newton's on a one-year deal with the New England Patriots and a coach that only cares about winning. Nothing's guaranteed for Cam Newton. Nothing says that Cam Newton will be the quarterback of the New England Patriots. He isn't owed anything. He will not be treated like he's special. So for two of the dudes in our time, in this era, that were two of the most special players we ever seen play college football, that at times had glimpses of greatness that we've never seen, we've also seen the lowest of lows from their play, and in some cases, the lowest of lows from the way that they live life. They're on one-year deals one-year opportunities, all in the same place. They are the greatest of heroes, but to some people, the greatest of villains. This was Face First, Cam and Tebow, Heroes and Villains. Talk to you next week.